During the reading of Calvin's diaries, he refers to different Civil War terms and words. I will explain these to you in advance so you understand the whole of his daily life. Union Soldier Clothing At the start of the Civil War, enlisted men in the U.S. Army were issued two coats. One was a frock coat which had a standing collar, reached almost to the knees, and was closed in the front with nine brass eagle buttons. The frock coat was a dress coat and was piped with a branch of service color around the cuffs and a collar with a formal black dress hat. The other coat was a dark blue wool casual fatigue jacket with a roll-down collar, four buttons, sky blue coarse wool trousers, and a dark blue wool floppy forage cap. Enfield Musket Calvin was issued a 58 caliber Enfield Musket weighing 9 pounds and 58 inches in length and manufactured in the Royal Small Arms Factory in Enfield, England. Soldiers wore a leather cartridge box slung over the left shoulder on a leather sling carrying 60 to 80 rounds of ammunition. Each round consisted of a paper tube filled with a hollow-based bullet and black powder in packs of 10. The cartridge box had a removable liner made of tin and kept the cartridges in order to protect them from sparks that could set off an explosion. Each cartridge box had a small pouch for a cleaning kit. Cartridges were also carried in pockets or the soldier's knapsack. A small leather cap pouch wore on the front of the belt held percussion caps or primers, which had to be handled carefully because they were also very explosive. A brass U.S. was on the flap of the cap pouch to help weigh it down to avoid it opening when not in use. Soldiers carried a bayonet on their left hip. During the Civil War, nearly 900,000 Enfield muskets were purchased for use by both the Union and Confederate armies. An Enfield musket is a single-shot smooth barrel firearm requiring the black powder and bullet to be inserted in the bore from the end of the barrel and packed in place by a rod attached to the musket. Union soldiers learned to load and shoot rounds of their muskets quickly. They removed the paper packet containing black powder and bullet from their cartridge box, ripped open the packet with their teeth, loaded the black powder and bullet in the musket barrel, packed the powder and bullet with the ramrod, returned the ramrod, cocked the hammer halfway, removed a primer from their cap pouch, and placed it below the hammer and took their shot. A well-trained soldier could load and shoot their musket every 20 seconds or three times a minute. Knapsack and Haversack Union soldiers carried their personal belongings on their backs in a knapsack made of cotton cloth and painted black to repel water. Called the soldier's trunk, it was large enough to hold a soldier's extra clothing, 
personal items, a blanket and a shelter hat or dog tent with a rolled up blanket or overcoat strapped on top. Union soldiers were also issued a haversack made of painted canvas with a removable cotton liner to carry food. Worn over the shoulder, haversacks were handy for carrying rations of pork, hardtack, coffee, and personal items and extra ammunition. After several weeks loaded with the salt pork and other food, haversacks tended to become foul-smelling and saturated with grease, but the liner was easily removed for washing or replacement. Union haversacks were superior and prized by Confederate soldiers. Canteens Union canteens were also superior to most Confederate-made canteens. The body of the canteen was made of two pieces of tin with a pewter spout and cork carried over the shoulder on a leather or cloth strap. The body of the canteen was covered with a cotton and wool cloth which when wet would help keep the water cool. Early canteens were flimsy and easily dented or crushed. Utensils Every soldier carried a tin cup or boiler for their coffee, a metal plate, knife, fork, and spoon. Some carried small frying pans or half of their old canteen for cooking their salt, pork, and hardtack. Weight of equipment. With a full cartridge box, three days of rations, rifle musket, and extra clothing, the typical soldier's load weight about 50 pounds. Soldiers quickly learned what they did and did not need of their belongings and would lighten their burdens over time. Soldiers on the march left roadways littered with cast-off overcoats, blankets, extra clothing, and tents. Quartermaster wagons followed the troops to scoop up discarded items, which would be cleaned and reissued when needed. Weather Description During many of Calvin's diary entries, he refers to the weather. He does not complain, but provides weather descriptions using such words as wet, snowy, damp, warm, very warm, disagreeable, etc. Meals with local residents. Some of the soldier camps were located in Northern Territory and the locals would offer meals to the soldiers at their homes. Calvin refers to these times with great enjoyment. Daily Life in Civil War Camp. The life of a soldier in the 1860s was an arduous one, and for the thousands of young Americans who left home to fight for their cause, it was an experience none of them would ever forget. Military service meant many months away from home and loved ones, long hours of drill, often inadequate food or shelter, disease, and many days spent marching on hot, dusty roads or in a driving rainstorm burdened with everything a man needed to be a soldier as well as baggage enough to make his life as comfortable as possible. For the religious soldier, there were daily prayer meetings to attend. There were long stretches of boredom in camp interspersed 
with moments of sheer terror experienced on the battlefield. For these civilians turned soldiers, it was exceedingly difficult at first getting used to the rigors and demands of army life. Most had been farmers all their lives and were indifferent to the need to obey orders. Discipline was first and foremost a difficult concept to understand, especially in the beginning when the officer as soldier had to salute may have been the hometown postmaster only a few weeks before. There were fictive duties, such as assignments to gather wood for cook fires, metal fittings had to be polished, horses groomed and watered, fields had to be cleared for parades and drill, and there were water details for the cookhouse. Guard duty meant long hours pacing up and down a well-trod line, day or night, rain or shine, always on watch for the foe who might be lurking anywhere in the hostile countryside. A furlough was hard to come by, as every man was needed in the field, and few men ever had a chance to visit home. Union Soldier Meals During the Civil War, one of the most common meals for Union soldiers was a cracker-like food called hardtack. Hardtack is made from flour, water, and salt. It could last a long time. There is hardtack from the Civil War in the museum at Manassas National Battlefield Park today. Civil War Camp Diseases Common camp diseases in Civil War Army camps were typhoid fever, smallpox, measles, diarrhea, pneumonia, malaria, and tuberculosis. Estimates are that nearly 620,000 soldiers died in the American Civil War, of which two-thirds died from disease. Forty-third Ohio Volunteer Colonel Joseph Lee Kirby Smith Colonel Joseph Lee Kirby Smith was born on July 25th 1836 in New York, New York, into a military family. Joseph Kirby entered West Point from the state of New York in 1853 and graduated sixth of 38 in the class of 1857. Colonel Smith accepted the offer as the Colonel of the 43rd OVI on September 28, 1861 from Ohio Governor David Todd. He set out to make the raw volunteers that comprised his regiment a model of discipline and efficiency. Smith proved to be a superb instructor, and the 43rd Ohio developed a stellar reputation for its efficiency at drill. Private James E. Graham of Calvin's company proudly wrote that as the regiment left the state on February 21, 1862, Colonel Smith rode at the head of what admitted being one of the best if not the best equipped and drilled regiments that ever left the state of Ohio. Smith, unusually among West Pointers, developed a genuine fondness for his volunteer soldiers, and they reciprocated that feeling. A private in his regiment wrote, He was a master of tactics, a prince disciplinarian, as brave as the bravest, with a heart as tender as a woman's. The true soldier of the line found in him an unswerving friend. The laggard 
had better have been in some other place. Thank you.